Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. The Midnight Club, Season 1, Episode 4, Give Me a Kiss, is the episode I'm talking about this week. I will be spoiling this episode as I will be talking about the entire episode in detail. So if you do not want to be spoiled, I highly recommend checking out the show first on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive series created by Mike Flanagan and Leah Fong. An amazing show. And this is episode four of that show. Uh, So with that said, you have been warned. And to remind everybody... Uh, how I'm structuring these episodes. I'm going to talk about the episode in its entirety first, and then I will be talking about the story that one of the kids tells during the Midnight Club at the end of the episode. Uh, So that's just how I structure it, even though the episode is structured in a slightly different way. Uh, That's just how I prefer to do it for this show. With all that said, let's get it started. As we left off... Uh, uh, Sandra, not Sandra, Sandra is the big character, kind of the main uh, focus of a lot of this episode. She is also the one who is telling the story, and for those that aren't familiar or may not remember, Sandra is the Jesus freak who's only told angel porn stories uh, so far in the club, but this will be her first time telling a story in an episode obviously we're also uh, focused on kevin in this episode spence we find out a little bit more and our main character ilanka uh, of course is still in search of more information and she uncovers some important things in this episode as we left last episode kevin and ilanka discovered the second basement by figuring out she found the symbol the hourglass symbol that was in the elevator and figured out how to make it functional pressing it alongside in conjunction with the basement uh, floor button and they went down to the basement and the end of the episode she lit a match to look around what's in that dark second basement And she sees, uh, well, first, the elevator went up with Kevin inside. So she was left alone in that second basement, lit a match, turned around, and saw the old lady that she has had visions of previously. Uh, This time, it is not in conjunction with Kevin, who in the previous episode, she had seen the old lady and got shaken awake by Kevin. Uh, who kind of turned into Kevin from the old lady. So maybe this takes it away from those two things being linked. But either way, she's scared, and uh, that's how the last episode starts. So this episode, she sees the old lady, and Match goes out. She's by herself again, and the elevator comes back down. Kevin's apologizing, doesn't know how that happened. Uh, And uh, they kind of look around. They bring the club, the rest of the people from the Midnight Club, to see this second basement. So after the events of they tell after their uh, storytelling, Kevin and Alanka found the second basement, then brought everybody back down that same night. So it is late. They are checking it out. 
There apparently has been rumors of a second basement, so this kind of confirms the rumors. It also seems as though somebody has either slept there or was maybe living there at one point. Uh, they have ideas that the room is probably older than the... They find a roster of, of names, a book of names uh, of people that were part of the Midnight Club before. Uh, there's a passage in that roster of the chant that they still use, the same chant that they still use. They find out that, uh, uh, what's her name, Jessica, Julia James was the founder of the Midnight Club, the first person to start the Midnight Club. The same chant has been used. And uh, it seems as though the room is older than the founding of the Midnight Club. So it was a room that was used for something else before. So it was like the kids of the Midnight Club back then found this room and used this room for something. Maybe it was where they used to tell their stories or whatnot. But interesting. Obviously, uh, in addition to all that, Sandra definitely weirded out. They find some robes. They find a knife. Uh, maybe some sacrificing going on, some some satanic things, some occult kind of activities going on, which, of course, Christians will be very terrified of anything that is not specifically related to their cult. Uh, so she is freaked out. Everybody else kind of leaves with her, except for, of course, her, Alonka's rider dies, uh, Kevin and Anya stay to check things out as they look in the book and the roster as it were. And they find one of the pages is covered in bloody handprints. It has the hourglass drawn in the center, uh, center fold of that page in blood. So kind of a crazy thing. Uh, also, they find out that there were eight original members of the Midnight Club, which is the same amount of people who are currently members of the Midnight Club. Uh, cut to the next morning, group therapy, everybody's a bit tired because they were up so late. Also, maybe not the best mood because their former club member and housemate Tristan passed away in the last episode. So the in an effort to try and talk about that in some ways, people aren't really want, willing to share. Sandra kind of speaks up and... T takes an opportunity to share her religion as christians do they love to push their religion on other people obviously she's also trying to counteract the fact that they found the things that they found the night before and spence takes great offense to this because as we found out in the last episode uh, or in previous episodes that Spence has AIDS. He also, because of that, his mom is no longer really acknowledging his existence. She's not showing up to the family days and whatnot, always having an excuse. And we find out that Spence himself was part of the church and knows how the church basically shunned him, shuns his lifestyle. They demonize uh, not only the homosexual lifestyle, any lifestyle that is anything other than the binary black and white type of man, woman, uh, straight relationship. 
uh, is the only one that is allowed to exist in the majority of Christian churches. Uh, I know there's some that are a bit open-minded, but that's just because they're desperate for money. Uh, but he takes great offense and tells her that, like, listen, I know. And we found out also Anya, after Spence cut his hand in the previous episode, Anya kind of gave Alonka shit telling her that, like, listen, what he's suffering with, people, like, think he deserves. They blame him for his lifestyle and blame him for the disease that he's somehow deserving of that. Unlike people who have cancer are, are treated with respect, he is being treated the complete opposite. And we see that kind of that scarring and that trauma that he's had to endure with his along with having to be his true self and also have this disease kind of comes out at Sandra so it's we see some butting of the heads during the group therapy and uh you know he storms out saying fuck your god it's like i know how your people treat people like me so don't try and push your religion on me okay trying to push push everybody into going to your church and doing the youth group thing and and falling in line to be brainwashed and join their cult right that's not that's not the reality of how people get treated by the church if anybody who exists in a different type of spectrum than the black and white version of reality that the Christians believe in, uh, they are demonized. And we see that today. We see that in the Republican Party of today. Not to get political or anything, but it's, it's almost undeniable to see how just the evangelicals are, are really leading the way in hate with the Republican Party. And... Uh, you know, seeing Spence get offended by that is similarly to the majority of people who are being attacked for the people they are and uh, being labeled in ways that are untrue and demonizing them, really putting them in harm's way, uh, putting a target on their back in a lot of ways. So group therapy doesn't really go well, to put it. Put it and she's trying to sell this idea of her pushing the religion in that it's she's doing it because Tristan, right? She's using this person as a means to try and recruit people in, in some ways. But anyway, uh, cut to Alonka out in the forest. She's out sketching the carvings that are in the trees. Uh, we saw the hourglass. Also, there's a moon carved in. And she runs into Shasta again. Uh, Shasta comes bearing gifts. She has some uh, products from her company, Good Humor, who Alonka is aware of and a fan of their products. And that is the company that Shasta runs. They own property right next to uh, this, this uh, hospice that everybody's staying at, Brightcliff. And she gets all the herbs and fruits and things that she, they use for the products from this land or whatever. And it's interesting, Alonka asks her if she knows anything about the Paragon, the cult that, that uh, used to exist in, the, the, in Brightcliff Manor. And she's, you know, Shasta's like, nah, I don't know anything about cults. Uh, but she does recommend that Alonka 
check out the library. It's one of the best aspects of Brightcliff. It's got a great library. And she tells her about how there's books in the library about alternative medicines and different things and really encouraging her to, to read the books that are available to her in uh, the library. She also writes down her phone number in her sketchbook, in Alonka's sketchbook, and tells her to reach out. And she also mentions that uh, like Alonka assumes that Shasta is on Brightcliff's land, but we find out that actually Alonka has strayed into Shasta's land and that they, they have cameras set up. And she saw Alonka on the monitors and she thought she would come out and say hi. So kind of an interesting, uh, some more interesting information about Shasta that she, you know, runs this company that does the herbal supplements and remedies and teas and different things. Uh, and also, you know, definitely knows about the building, definitely knows about what's in the library, potentially had uh, been in there. She, she knows Dr. Stanton is, the, is running the place, so uh, she's definitely familiar with not only the land, but Brightcliff itself, and encourages her to, to read the books. Uh, cut to Alonka helping Kevin for prom. She's doing his makeup. He recently got a blood transfusion, trying to trying to make himself look like a healthier person as he's going to this prom for his girlfriend, trying to make her like he Kevin is the guy who is trying to be the person his family and friends like the pedestal they put him up on you know kind of doesn't really have much control over his life is kind of in some ways a prop for them to feel better about right he's trying to make them feel as if nothing has changed that their lives are normal and trying not to act as if he is literally dying but uh Alonka helping him out putting on makeup he's feeling a little bit energized with the the blood transfusion and, uh, you know, it's, it's just clearly those two have a bond. And uh, Sandra shows up looking for Spence. She's angry at Spence. Uh, Kevin lets her know that actually uh, Spence is actually pretty angry at her still. And uh, Sandra then proceeds to kind of be angry or put the blame on Alonka, right? Yet arguing as if she's talking to Spence, right? Unfairly putting the blame on Alonka, blaming her for taking them down to the second basement, and that's why everybody was cranky during during uh, the group therapy. Meanwhile, s trying to argue with Alonka about how, you know, what's wrong with Christianity being black and white. I love black and white movies, What's so wrong about black and white? Like, really, definitely has issues with Spence, but taking it out on Alonka instead. And being very defensive, right? When Spence, I would say, has every right to be angry at uh, a group of people that demonize him. Uh, a group of people that she might be different than and may use the religion in a different way 
but the majority of people that are a member of that group of people, that cult, uh, generally, he is the enemy. And they, they are happy with him dying from this disease because it, in their eyes, is God punishing him for his lifestyle. So we find out a little bit, you know, uh, you know, Sandra spends the, the friction between them now. And then they all all of the the kids see Kevin off as he goes in a limo and and feel bad for him because they know that, like, you know, on some level, some of them are happy. It's like, oh, he's going to get out and have some fun. And like the other people know the reality is he's going to be like the 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 focus of pity he's going to be there for hours being the the just the pity the the guy that everybody has sympathy for and will probably announce him prom king you know to try and make him feel better and he's just going to be he's going to be the sideshow really for everybody involved and in that moment like Amish is trying to give him encouragement. It's like, you should be having fun. Don't come back here. You should be busy having fun with your girlfriend and living life and making out and all this stuff. And as people kind of go back inside after Kevin leaves, uh, Natsuki kind of gives Amish a little look. Like she eyes him a little bit, like giving him a little like, hey, uh, you know. And even in the second basement, she kind of, paired up with him for a moment you know when they were looking around the second basement so maybe there's a little thing between them and spence tells him to just like chill out like who knows what that means he noticed the the eye look as well and then alanka confides in sherry about how she misses her hair you know why she like all of the things that are kind of changing and, and losing in this transition they're all going through. She misses her hair. Let's take a little break from the show to promote. If you sign up for Inspired Disorder Plus for one year specifically, you get a free painting. So a year subscription of Inspired Disorder Plus is $50. The painting, the majority of them are $100. So it's $150 value signing up for one year of Inspired Disorder Plus. So not only do you get a free painting, but you also are subscribed to Plus for a year, which means that you can binge this show, the Ray Taylor Show, ad-free, the full week ad-free available on Monday. You also get discounts that are members-only pricing type of deals. All of the podcasts that I've produced in the past, close to 20 different podcasts, I've produced hundreds of episodes. There's also my personal blog. You can ask me anything if you want to start podcasting or get into art. All of that stuff available in addition to a free painting when you sign up to one year subscription of Inspire Disorder Plus. Head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspire Disorder Plus member today. And now let's get back to the show. We uh, cut to Spence uh, in Mark's little examination room getting his meds or whatever. And Mark trying to comfort Spence in some ways, saying that he ran into his parent or his dad uh, during family family day. And he like he seems nice. And of course, Spence is kind of in addition to the emotions brought up by Sandra, 
but also just knowing that his mom has yet to come and visit him, uh, knowing that, that, that her religion has shattered his relationship with her, uh, is, you know, not really open to Mark's, you know, words of encouragement, as it were. And uh, he says, you know, nice people can be wrong, right? You can still be nice. Like, your parents could still be nice people, but, like, be wrong about this one thing, which is true. And he tells Spence about when he came out, when Mark came out to his parents, how his, you know, his parents' his mom didn't really take it well. And it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's, some people have a problem. Some people have a problem changing their perception of reality when faced with the truth. And as it was in the 90s, so it is today, almost more so. It seems like we live in a time where people willingly will act and behave in a way in just complete contrast and contradiction to the reality of things, as we saw during the pandemic, as we see in so many things where just they will openly and effortlessly go along with propaganda versus scientific consensus because it's it's an ideal that goes along with their desire to hate and to demonize but mark trying to relate to spence both like trying to be the person that has more experience spence opens up shows him that he's got a growth on his arm that signifies that the meds aren't necessarily working and mark's like listen they're they're coming up with new cocktails all the time i know a bunch of people that have lived a lot longer because of the constant developments definitely trying to bring hope to spence trying to bring some compassion and trying to you know get him to just give him some hopefulness to not feel so much despair that, uh, you know, he's not going to survive long enough to get the meds that are supposedly coming down the pipe, you know, that are going to work better to help him uh, at least live with this disease. Uh, and as Spence leaves, walking by the recovery room, he hears a crackle in the speaker and then he hears his name, which makes him stop, turns back, and then goes to open the door to see if anybody's in there. The door's locked. He goes and tells Mark. Mark's like, that door's never locked. And then by the time Mark goes, he the door is open. The door is unlocked. So who knows what that was? Another kind of a sign. Natsuki thought she saw... Tristan in the in the room when she walked by the other day and now Spence hears his name out of the speaker the doors locked for some reason so some interesting things going on cut to later on in the evening Alonka is you can hear her throwing up in the their bathroom that she shares with Anya Anya popping a pill as she she does uh goes in to knock on the door and Alonka's like use the room or use the restroom in the hallway whatever uh, and then Anya opens the door and offers her 
some she has some orphan morphine pills some orphine pills that she's been uh stashing away and Alonka, who's smart by the book she's like they regulate the the medication they give us for a reason you're not supposed to take more or less than what they give you and Alonka's like or anya's like you know this is this is what i do okay life sucks like she is far past the the type of person that Alonka is right she's jaded she's ready for the end she's like let's do this kind of a thing let's just have some fun before it all ends and Alonka still has a lot of this hope that she's somehow going to uncover the secret to make her healed doesn't take the pills obviously um but at least we get a little bit more of the Anya humor uh and then it's club Everybody's showing up to club. Kevin gets back from the prom and he tells everybody how horrible it was and how so many people compared him to their grandparents. He got compared to somebody's dog and they did end up crowning him prom king. Uh, you know, just a, a major pity party that he had to suffer through in order to make his girlfriend feel as though nothing's going, nothing's different, nothing's changed. Um, and everybody calling Kevin brave. You're so brave. Uh, and uh, we find out uh, Spence shows up late, but he shows up. Obviously, Sandra hasn't spoken to him yet. When Spence sits down, he's got his arm up on the couch, and you see the growth that's on his arm. Kevin sees it, asks if he's okay. And Spence, you know, clearly is not doing well. Obviously, the emotions brought up during group therapy, which we find out, you know, we found out during the family day that he's got this riff with his mom. His mom doesn't care about him anymore, or at least not showing up to care about him. And then Sandra kind of pushing the exact reason why she he has this riff pushing this religion during group therapy while also him knowing that his medication is not working like it should be. So things aren't going well for Spence. So understandable why he may not be in the greatest mood. Uh, but he shows up to club regardless. And uh, Sandra decides to be the one to tell a story, which Spence is immediately not happy with it's like no we're not doing this and she she encourages she assures everybody that it's not going to be angel porn it's going to be different right she's got a different kind of a story which i will talk about in a second which i feel her story which is titled give me a kiss obviously as each episode is titled after the story that's told the ghost that they create quote unquote uh during their meeting by far the best written story and a story in which she kind of apologizes to Spence. So after her story, they kind of come to uh, a truce, as it were. They forgive each other. And after the story, we see Anya kind of dozing off 
as she's leaving, clearly all the morphine that she's been taking is kicked in along with whatever she drank during club. She's dozing off as people are applauding because uh, Sandra's story was so good. Uh, she tells Spence that she can get to her room on her own. He's like, are you sure? And we see her just barely awake, bumping through the hallway, going past uh, where they do the examinations and running into the recovery door where she looks at her reflection and uh, she starts to get freaked out. Cut to her making it to the room, freaked out, closed the door. She's like, I'm here. I'm still here. I'm okay. I'm here. I made it. And then as she kind of backs away from the door, we she looks over at her shadow that's being cast on the wall and you see her shadow, the shadow of herself, stand up from the chair and then morph into this creature that fingers are going to grab her. And we, she screams. Meanwhile, after Club, Alonka and Kevin, they're, you know, Kevin's like, it was actually way worse than I even made it sound like. They're like the last to leave the library after Club. And as they're about to leave, Alanka has an epiphany and she realizes that the number that was buried in the drawings of Julia Jane coincide with the Dewey Decimal System. And Kevin's like, are you sure? And they start looking. She's super amped. He's obviously going to help. He, he likes her. They have a, they have a bond. They have a connection. Uh, turns out, that number is part of the religious section and in the place where that number coincides they find a book that doesn't have a label on it the cover of the book has the symbol of the hourglass with the top filled in and uh it's like they they found they figured out another piece of the puzzle so they go up back to the room, walk by the recovery room again. The camera stays on the recovery room. Still no mention of the recovery room. Spence did not bring it up during story time, uh, but obviously he heard a voice. Uh, it she, Anya got freaked out when she crashed into the door. Um, I mean, it is a spooky place because it's where all of their friends go to die. And where their friend Tristan recently died. So a spooky kind of a room anyway. But Alonka and Kevin get up to the room. Into their room. And Alonka is stoked to tell Anya that she found this book. Kevin looks and sees Anya's chair tipped over. Oh my god. End of the episode. So... Who knows what happened to Anya? We don't know. But they found the book, another piece of the puzzle. But what happened to Anya, we don't know. We'll find out next next episode. Let's take a little break from the show to promote gift certificates. If you want to purchase artwork for somebody, you have an art lover in your life, and you think they would like my art, but you don't know what painting to get them. I have over 2,000 original pieces of art for sale in my store, along with shirts and 
prints and other things. So I can understand that being a bit daunting if you're trying to buy something for somebody else. Give them the gift certificate and then they can go to my website, inspiredisorder.com, and they can buy whatever paintings they want. They can buy whatever prints they want. They can buy t-shirts. They can buy hats. They can buy all the different merch. Gift certificates, which are available currently at inspiredisorder.com. And now let's get back to the show. But story time, like I said, this episode's story was told by Sandra, and I got to say, by far the best written story so far. I mean, it's only like the third story. I mean, we got kind of part of Natsuki's story. We got, uh, we got, some, we got a story from Alonka. We got a to-be-continued story from Kevin. Uh, but this is a complete story told by Sandra awesome story a noir detective story obviously in reference to the fact that she loved black and white movies and uh that neat that noir kind of look of movies and uh so a little foreshadowing of the type of story she would be telling and just a great story so let's get into that story to finish off this episode to those before to those after to us now and to those beyond. To those before, to those after, to us now, and to those beyond. Seen or unseen, here, but not here. Seen or unseen, here, but not here. It starts stormy night. It's a Saturday, April 11th. We have the detective is played by Stanton, Dr. Stanton. Uh, they have, there's... She says there's two dead, one missing, uh, got one in the box, and a party that, that went crazy, like a, a party that went bad, and a cabin that burned down. So kind of laying the land of what has happened. She's interviewing somebody. The person she's interviewing is Sandra, who is the character Sandra is playing, is Alice Palmer. She has a toothpick habit, so instead of cigarettes, of course, the Jesus freak changes cigarettes to a toothpick. Uh, and she, she tells the story. She's telling the detective her version of the story. Uh, and that her, she found her bestie, Spence, who is in this story, Jake, making out with her ex-boyfriend, who in this story is played by Kevin, uh, but his name is Kurt. So Jake making out with Kurt underneath the bleachers. Kurt being a somebody in the football team, member of the football team, and also Alice, Alice Palmer's ex-boyfriend, Spence being Alice's best friend. Uh, and right when she mentions that they were making out under the bleachers, Spence, as Spence does, stops the story, interrupts the story, he stopped when uh, Natsuki was telling her story and she started doing the jump scares. Uh, he stopped Kevin when he, start, when he started to use the faces again and made Kevin switch it up to a different symbol. So definitely somebody, Spence is somebody during these, uh, during these storytelling, during the moments they create their ghosts. Uh, he has no problem interrupting and stopping the situation, but also making sure that this story isn't going to go to a place that's going to end up like their group therapy did. 
and Sandra assures Spence that that's not gonna that's not where it's going, despite the fact that his character in this story is also gay, uh, and that's like bothered her. Not that's not why it bothered her though. So she assures him it's not. Uh, and uh, Jake has a secret. Jake, that secret of him being in love with her ex. Uh, Kurt is a secret that he's writing in his diary. You see him in class writing like, you know, Jake loves give me a kiss. Jake loves Kurt, all this stuff. He Over the PA, he gets a call to the vice principal's office, who vice principal's played by Mark. Uh, Jake is also a writer for the school paper and wrote a story about the football team and that athletes were juicing and the vice president doesn't vice principal doesn't want that in the paper and is kind of threatening spence uh for that uh and so you see that uh jake has a bit of a target on his back uh not only by the vice principal but as he leaves the vice principal's office he sees that the page of his diary had been photocopied posted everywhere so now he is forced out of the closet along with Kurt and he has yet again another target on his back people not liking Spence uh, for multiple reasons things aren't going well for Spence at this moment uh, as he walks out and Kurt not happy that his secret is uh, been exposed as well so the diaries exposed the gay love affair between these two men these two uh boys are exposed um and he's being attacked for it so he goes to alice's friend whose name is sharon played by Ilanka. uh so jake goes to sharon to plot a revenge he wants to get back at these people uh for what they did for these people that want to attack him he's like well i'm gonna let them I'm going to fake my death is his, his plot for revenge. And uh, so Alice has this yacht party to bring everything. That's where this thing's going to happen. Uh, Spence instigates a fight between him and Kurt, resulting in Jake being pushed off of the side of the yacht into the water. He never comes up. So everybody that's there are witnesses to Jake's quote-unquote death, which was planned by Jake all along. And again, story stopped. People are uh, applauding Sandra for her vicious story. It's like, oh, that's brutal, right? This kid's pretending to die to get back at people, get back at people that want him dead, that want him dead. He's like, well, I'll give them what they want and kind of uh, faking his own death. So they're giving her respect. Uh, cut to, we find out Jake obviously faked it, goes to hide out in the cabin, which I believe was Sharon's cabin. Uh, so he goes to hide out in a cabin while things blow over, while everybody gets their comeuppance. And uh, on the news, he finds out that Kurt actually jumped in the water after him to try and save him, and he died trying to save Jake. And uh, Alice jumped in as well, trying to save uh, Kurt. 
Uh, but she was obviously unable to do that. The body of Kurt kind of floats up to the water. Uh, so one body recovered. Obviously, Jake had a scuba suit and was able to get to land and get to the cabin. So his, uh, his plan backfired. Plan backfired to get back at everybody. His love died uh, trying to save him. And she found out that Sharon loves Kurt. Sharon was in love with Kurt. And despite her trying to help, Jake, with this master plan, shows up to the cabin and in revenge shoots Kurt. Or shoots Jake, I'm sorry, and then started a fire in the cabin to hide the evidence. At least this is the story that Alice is telling the detective, right? This is the story that explains uh, the dead bodies. It explains, like, that Sandra confided in her that Jake had this plan and went to go kill Jake for, for Kurt dying. And it explains all of the bodies. It explains the burnt cabin. Explains everything, right? But it ex explains it a little bit too, too nice. And while she's telling this story, there's a flash of lightning, and outside the window we see Jake. So Jake isn't dead. Because after she leaves the the police department, she gets kidnapped by Jake, brought to a classroom at the school where he's still wearing his scuba suit and Alice is tied up and uh, Sharon came clean about the plot to fake his death so that's how Alice knew and uh, she actually shot Shannon or Sharon but Sharon did show up to, to the cabin when she found out Alice knew what had happened so she killed Sharon right because she was gonna go she was in love with her ex-boyfriend and helped plan this whole thing so she killed Sharon and then she threw in a Molotov cocktail through the window to burn the cabin down waiting outside with the gun for Jake to come out to shoot him but he never came out so she just assumed that he died but what had happened was Jake which is uh, amazing this this moment this part of the story that jake because he had the scuba gear had the bathtub filled up with water went in the bathtub under the water with a scuba tank and waited out the fire as long as he could to make alice think that he died in the fire and then he swam through fire to get out Be like amazing amazing and like i said all of these stories are based on uh, other stories that are uh, written by the same guy that wrote this uh, this story, the the story that this show is based on, right? So he wrote a book called "Give Me a Kiss" that this short story Sandra is telling is based on. So, got in the tub, swam through fire, uh, went to the dental office, changed the records, right? Just kind of like effortlessly made it look like who knows who he changed it with, but. Um, changed the dental records but he found the toothpick outside where that's how he knows it was alice that that shot sandra and that threw the maltov cocktail because he found the toothpick which is a nasty habit that alice has uh chewing on those toothpicks so alice confesses that he was right and she did it to break them up to break up jake and kurt because uh, she was she was angry. 
She was angry. She also photocopied the diary, which Jake didn't know. And she also killed Kurt, which she, she mentions how surprised it doesn't matter if you're a football star. When you're under the water, you just have to hold your breath longer than the other person. Right? So she killed Kurt. She wanted to frame Jake because she was hurt. And we find out the reason why she did all of this as she wipes the makeup off of her face to reveal the, the, the inciting incident for this, this murder, for people to die. <laughs> because her ex gave her herpes, oral herpes, a cold sore. She wipes her makeup away, and she's got a cold sore on her lip. And then everybody cut back to the club, and everybody's like, what? Like, their reaction's great. Right. It's like you, you she killed everybody because of a cold sore. That's why she she did this thing. And she's like, it's oral herpes. It's a big deal. It lasts forever. It's it's a sexually transmitted disease. It's like, OK, <laughs> OK, Sandra, obviously, Jesus freak. The smallest thing is the biggest tragedy. So. Kind of the, the most ridiculous aspect of this story is the, that she did all this for oral herpes. Uh, and just as she reveals the oral herpes back in the story, uh, she is freed from the ropes and goes to use the chair she was sitting in to, to hit Jake. Uh, but Jake shoots her first. And she lies. She's lying on the ground, slowly dying. And she, she finally apologizes to Jake, apologizes for what she's done, and uh, tells him that it's like, you love who you love. You can be whoever you want to be. Love who you love. And uh, then it turns into angel porn where she visualizes uh, Sharon, or, uh, yeah, Sharon and Kurt with angel wings inside the classroom. It's like, I know where I'm going, Jake. You love who you love, but I'm going to the pearly gates of heaven. I'm going to the, the city of angels. So it, it ends up being angel porn regardless. Uh, so that was the end of the story. And she then continues to apologize as, you know, the story. She overreacted, obviously, and in the story apologizes saying that, you know, you should be able to love who you love, that she was wrong, right? The point of the story is that Alice was wrong for causing all of this insanity, right? Despite the fact that Jake was kind of unintentionally. Like, there's so many twists and turns in this story. It's amazing. Well written. Loved it. Hopefully I told it at least, at least mildly, uh, passable but then she apologizes for how she treated him she apologizes for how other people treat him and that's not how god would act towards him that you can't love god and hate love it just doesn't work that way and that he should be able to love whoever he loves and spence gets up from his seat and kisses her on the forehead beautifully like beautiful little forgiveness where they 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 apologize to each other and forgive each other and uh amish wanting to applaud this amazing story that sandra told was told to wait while they 
com- she completes her apology, and after he gives her a kiss on the head, Amish, along with everybody else, applauds uh, her story, very impressed with her storytelling. Uh, a great story. I would say the m- most well-written story so far of the stories that have been told during uh, The Midnight Club. Uh, but as always, it's to be continued. To find out what happens in episode five of The Midnight Club, you're just going to have to live one more week to find out in next week's episode. So stay alive. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.